0: All the bulls are off and running, and Dan and Jason Bernstein are here to keep you up to date with the Stampede. You're listening to Organizations
2: Win Championships.
0: This is episode 41 of the Organizations Win Championships podcast, an Odyssey podcast. I'm Dan Bernstein, along with Jason Bernstein and James Jackson, our producer. Boy, do we have a lot today.
1: After mm-hmm. after your little talk with with the higher ups, I think we have plenty of content for the first time in quite a bit. I'd say it feels good. Season's getting closer, and I mean now we can only look forward to the Bulls because the Bears suck so much.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> the baseball is so over. Yep, and it's uh, it was it was media day today at the Advocate Center. So things are starting to feel okay. Very, can I just say real. something
1: real quick about yeah. media day? Did you see Jimmy Butler? Oh my god! <laughs> what is he doing? I, I know he's
0: committed it, to the bit.
1: I think he said it's his, um, it's his Halloween. I think he's making it a thing where every media day he just does some outlandish crap. I
0: guess. Did you see Bam out of bio? Couldn't keep. Oh, oh! It, face? Was, it was
1: so funny. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, people are saying, <laughs> saying they the Dame trade fell through and Jimmy turned emo and he has no point in, and he thinks he has no point in life after that all fell through. I, I, I don't know.
0: I, I, I didn't know what to make know. of it. But but hey, if that because if that's a media day thing, fine. If he wants to do a bit, that's cool. But you mentioned that last <laughs> Wednesday, Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley joined us, the Bernstein and Holmes show on the score with Layla Rahimi in our Blue Cross Blue Shield performance stage. And they sat down in front of a live audience and answered a bunch of questions. And there was no, nothing predetermined. They didn't say anything was necessarily off limits. They, it, it So we got to know them a little bit, and we talked a lot about their individual histories in the game. And people people don't realize that AK's got an incredible story. That good he, player. He, he was a, not only a good player, he was the first player from the then- Soviet Union, to enroll at a U.S. college. Mm. That's that's a it's that's a huge thing. Yes, yeah. He's he's like Lithuanian basketball royalty on that great '92 team. And you know, Mark Eversley told his story about being born in England and growing up England, in Canada, yeah. and yeah. and and his relationship to the game. So, I, I want to start with because I did. This is important to me, and I think for listeners of this podcast, who know that why we call it Organizations Win Championships, you know, we mentioned it at the outset in our debut. It's just sort of a wink to the famous Jerry Krause line, where it was widely taken out of context for years and used as motivation that somehow Jerry Krause didn't appreciate the players enough. When, of course, I believe that he did. And he just knew that it took a lot to win titles across the board in an organization from ownership uh, on all the way down to the last guy on the roster. So I wanted to hear from each of these guys running the Bulls what it means for them to walk by the trophies every day in their offices and to understand what
3: the goal is. Here's what AK said. We make adjustment, we adapt, adjust, go to the next year. And I think coming to that building and seeing those six championships, I think it's some type of like kind of, you know, expectations and pressure at the same time we asking this group right now that is an advocate center is like, look, we have an opportunity now to build our own legacy and shape our future. And, and that's what, you know, everyone in that building thinking it's, it's all about winning. I think that's every.
1: That's a good quote that I think that's a good answer to, to that kind of question. And from a fan's perspective uh, we always say well they should be doing this they should be they should be doing that uh, yada 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 but at the end of the day they are doing a way better job than we would ever be doing at this i can i can play 2k my league with my best friend all i want and make as many trades for as many first round picks as i want but it is it's never going to be uh, I would even say not even close to realistic.
0: Well, of in course not. Of, right, and
1: in, in, ter- in terms of in terms of what the, what the job actually is, and so I, I think w- when we when they talk about winning culture, I feel like we have we have to agree with them and what they're saying, and obviously that's what they're trying to do, but at, at,
0: still what they I'll Let's tell you what they can't say. More. What they can't say yeah. is what they can't say in this league, you only win a championship if you have one of the three best players in the league. And that that's it. Unless you have the guy, you're not winning a title. So and you have to be Bucks flexible. Well, they've got one. If you look at some of the age projections on Lillard, I, I don't know how long he's he going to be able to sustain I, I know
1: they're so know. well constructed, and Middleton and Lopez is underrated, and they are really good. Yeah, you're good, but, 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 although I will say Blazers did a great job with that. I think they got and, and then the holiday thing. They got a ton for holiday.
0: Point point being, you got to have the guy. Yeah, sorry, sorry. you got to have the guy, and and you don't know how you can get the guy if you're going to get a disgruntled star who's going to demand a trade. It's maintaining that kind of flexibility. And they don't have the guy right now. They've got some pretty good players, but they don't have that guy. So same question to the general manager, Mark Eversley. What is that goal of winning a championship? How, how does that affect you and how top of mind is it?
2: I think when you walk in the door and you see the six championships and you see all the banners and you see the retired jerseys in the Advocate Center, that's what fuels us, right? We want to be part of something like that. We want to build something like that. We want to create memories for you guys. Um, That's what fuels us every single night. Like, I woke up two or three times in the middle of the night last night and just thought about, like, what if we approach something this way? What if we approached it this way? What if we, you know, used our players in a different way? Like, might we sit and talk with Billy today or this afternoon or whatever it might be? You know, how do we improve our scouting? How do we improve our evaluation of prospects? Um, You know, those are the things that fuel us every single day. I think when you, I think
0: that's the. As long as you see those trophies and know what the goal is, then half our work is done here. Just to make sure that the that it's 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 always understanding. Yeah, you can win forty two games. You can make the play in. You can win the mid season tournament, NBA Cup, and that we did talk a little bit about that. How that adds another goal and another trophy for them, but.
2: Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, Member F D S E. It's I,
0: I think it's important that our sports teams in, in big cities are on the record stating that they know that they're not here just to make money, to fill the stadium, that that that, that we can trust that the goal is having that parade.
1: Yeah, and then that goes back to the the name of our podcast yep. and organizations win championships. I think that is, I, I think that's objectively true. Uh, if Jordan wanted to use that as motivation Which, to win, a, to win the bulls, a championship good, good for him, whatever it takes. God, keep, you know, man, I, I'm sorry. I know he's the, the, you know, basketball Mount Rushmore, just royalty. One of the greatest players of all time. I'm, I, I'm really going on the media about this. Now, now I'm going to get some. Get wow, what? What do you? What's you play your point? Eh. Uh, I'll, what I'll, you I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. I'm not even gonna. I, I'm not going to say more than this. What? That
0: he's a loon? But,
1: no, LeBron is the goat. That's what I. That's where I was going. Yeah. But I mean, you, you know, yeah, you the, 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 that, that's I, how I feel. However, yeah. I know there are going to be idiots coming after me, but uh, I think that's just so corny to use that as motivation to try to win a championship saying that it was, uh, oh, God. It
0: was it, there was more yeah. than, it was much more trivial stuff than that. And I think so,
1: also so how are they gonna
0: get there is the question. How are they what are they going to do to make it more likely that they're a better basketball team? And we spent how many times looking at box scores and three and, point shooting and rim protection.
1: That, well, that's it, and playing faster. I think they talked about that a little bit.
0: And decrying this lack of threes and AK even said yeah. it to us. He said by their math the difference in three points, three-point field goals attempted and made was so stark that they were basically starting games down eight and a half points at times. That that's that was the difference with three being more than two. And it sounds so simple to understand that three is more than two. And every year we we would sit here, you know, we've done this is this is 41 podcasts we've done. Yeah. And how many times have we said, God, do they realize three is more than two? As you're going to hear from Arturus Karnaschovas, the answer, obviously, is
3: yes, they get that. So it's a good topic for us to kind of like expand as well. So we obviously have to address our shooting profile, right? So we were, you know, lowest three-point rate, lowest three-point, point, you know, made last year. And we trying to, you know, to change the shooting profile and then play a little faster. Um, you know, move the ball better. But playing a little faster is going to create more three point, sh- you know, three point attempts because, you know, a lot of three point attempts created in our league or on a fast break because those are open threes and that's what we all and obviously corner threes are most valuable shots in the league. So he knows it and when I talked a little bit off the air
0: with them about Xs and O stuff, when they talk about getting into the paint, it's also entering the ball into the paint and trying to run some stuff through Vooch and trying to
1: I wouldn't They Yeah, they're going. To. He's a great, he's big, he can see the floor. He he's not Jokic nowhere near it but he he's a good he's an above average facilitator as i i don't want to say a five because basketball is more positionless but he's an under he's an undervalued passer as a big man and i i hope they the bulls value that too
0: they do he's a willing will, passer yes. yeah
1: i will i will also say I think the bulls did an okay job this offseason of addressing three point shooting. Javon Carter shot what 41% last year from three Torrey Craig is, I, I think he had a pretty good year last year beyond the arc. And if you're looking at guys that are off the roster now, such as Derek Jones, Jr. I mean, he'd make one if he was wide open, but I, st- I think Torrey Craig's a better shooter than Derek Jones, Jr. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not quite the athlete, but I, I think he fits what they need more in a, in a wing or a forward. And I I like Javon Carter. Maybe Kobe White will take a step up, or maybe Patrick Williams will shoot more of them. And last, but certainly not least, probably the most crucial, and I think we'll get to this, Demar needs to take more of them. And, and uh, he can say all he wants. Yes, he's one of the one of the greatest mid range shooters of all time, and one of the great, probably one of the best NBA scorers there there's ever been. He's up there when it just comes to individual scoring, he can do that. It's just, he needs to do it in a fashion that plays to not only what the Bulls need to do, but what everybody in the league is doing. Because so I asked Mark Eversley through. about it
0: directly. I I, I, it I, I said exactly what you said and, and asked him, how do they optimize DeMar?
2: I think you, you said it. I mean, ultimately it's about winning. And I think, whether DeMar has to adjust his game a tiny bit or a lot. I mean, at the end of the day, we all want to win. And I think if we win, um, he'll be happy. His teammates will be happy. Fans will be happy. We'll be happy. Um, Might he have to adjust his game a little bit, shoot more threes? Perhaps. Um, He's one of the best mid-range – he's got one of the best mid-range games in the whole league. And, you know, it's a relationship with Billy and he that they will figure out. Um, and that'll happen through conversations. Um, it'll happen through um, Nashville next week, and as we go through the preseason and into the, early on into the season, um, you said it. He's a smart guy. He's a really, really smart guy. I think you, you said it. I mean, ultimately, it's about winning, and I think yeah, whether cool. DeMar has to adjust his game a tiny bit or a lot, I mean, at the end of the day, we all want to win, and I think if we win, Um, he'll be happy.
0: This is looping. Yep. Yep. But that's, Uh, but that's, that is great to hear. It's great to hear from somebody in charge. He may have to just adjust his game a little bit.
1: I don't think it's a may. The fact that he's even saying that he might have to, and mentions whether it's a little bit or a lot, he's saying without saying it, we are going to, we're going to do our best to make sure DeMar takes a few more threes. I'm, I'm, it's not his, it's not one of his, biggest strengths in fact it's probably one of the weaker points of his game when it's just not just the volume of three-point shots but even the ability it seems like whenever he's he not great at one right like, it seems whenever it seems whenever he steps on the line he's immediately better it's like a 2k a plus rating for mid-range and then d minus for three eh, not d minus probably probably a c for threes and i i just think that he, he doesn't have to take as many as Zach takes. I want Zach no, to no, no, to no, no. I'm, I'm okay with Zach shooting 12 threes a game. If DeMar shoots three threes per game and makes one of them, eh, I, I, I would prefer if he shot maybe five. Well, the the, Attempted five, and he made one to two of those per game, I think is a reasonable shot. You know, 34% that over is year, uh, over a higher volume. I think that could be... That, that could help them so much, and even just with floor spacing, and other and other people getting open. And say he makes a couple, they have the people have to step in. Maybe they start double teaming out there, and then somebody else somebody else opens up. I think if Demar just changes, I, I guess we shouldn't say a lot. He shouldn't change his whole game because he's old. We he shouldn't reinvent himself completely but if he can just adjust a little bit to the 2023 2024 nba i think it can uh, is it going to make them win a championship this season i i highly 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 doubt it but i think it, it's uh, i think it's progress if he attempts more and shoots an okay percentage for somebody who is not a great three-point shooter
0: something else that Carter has brought up was the idea of him being more of a, a facilitator too. So I don't think the adaptation to his game is just about three-point shooting. He mentioned that he he was a primary facilitator for the Spurs. So we look at the season that he had there under Pop. We also look at the 2018 season yeah, that he that had, it, we did right, in, Toronto in Toronto when he Toronto, shot, shot, like four, yeah, shot like four threes a it was night. Like one of his best stati- statistical yep. seasons yes. ever, right? So stars, I think yeah. I think finding a little a little bit around both of those things could make an enormous difference. I want to play one more cut
1: before we take a look. I was at just the... gonna say one thing real quick. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot this episode, but you also were the one that got to talk to them. So I so I yeah. want to comment on it. I when I think of Demar as a facilitator or him growing as a facilitator. I just think of Patrick Williams because I feel like so many times Patrick was open, whether he was cutting to the basket, which he probably wasn't because he loved that short corner. But I feel like Patrick's guy was always the one that would double DeMar because they knew he wasn't going to pass it to him. So I just, I I think that they might be hinting at Patrick having a bigger role with DeMar as a facilitator.
0: Has to. Maybe, maybe it, actually some screen roll uh, actions wouldn't necessarily be that bad an idea either. Uh, Mark Eversley said one more thing that really piqued my interest. When he talked about how, and, and I asked him, we were trying to figure out why they went to Nashville. Why right now they're having training camp in Nashville. And he mentioned to us, and this was unsolicited, he mentioned to us that a consistent theme that they heard in their exit interviews from players was that they felt disconnected last year, that they didn't necessarily feel like a tight-knit team. So I pressed a little bit further about what Eversley meant by that and how they interpreted it.
2: It's almost like you just show up and you go to work. You go, You go home, you show up the next day and you come to work. And they love to play and, you know, our coaches left the coach and we were a team, but they didn't feel like – they were really, really, really a team, and that is something that was important to us in the off to address, and we're addressing it from day one when we get to Nashville. And
0: I, it's all. Yeah, I, I, I like the fact that they're that they're aware of it, that they listened, and frankly, there were times when it seemed like that on the court when there was. We always would point out turn taking or a reversion from ball movement to hero ball, to to defaulting to isolation ball. And I don't know, may, maybe some of that's directly responsible for it. Maybe it's not. But the fact that they would at least consider the possibility of, of being more aware of it and talking about that and making that a coaching point can't hurt, could help.
1: It People can say anything they want about talent, and that's true. You said it earlier. You need the guy to win a championship, and there are a lot of teams that have done it already, and there are a lot of teams that are on the brink of it who already have the guy, and they just haven't gotten there yet. First team that comes to mind for me in that case would be the Mavericks and Luka Doncic, Mm -hmm. and they they now have a point guard that is – I mean, kind of not not our favorite publicly, but objectively, he's a very good basketball player and Kyrie Irving. But I think there is something to say about team chemistry and making sure everybody gets along because you, you don't have to be best friends off the court all the time. It's it's a, I, I would say it's more so about on court and just time when you spend time together when it, when you have a job to do on the court and spend time together you guys, I think that people need to be in sync and on the same wavelength. I think the lack of team chemistry can result in not only locker room fights like we saw during that Minnesota game last year, but it could also, it also results in turnovers and just bad basketball. So I, I, I understand the motivation behind doing it. And it kind of seemed like it was out of the blue, but now that, they were able to shed some light on it. I think they, it seems like they did it for the right reasons.
0: The roster is out. The 2023 Chicago bulls preseason roster has been officially released by the team I've got 21 names on here, and I thought real quick we would just run them down to make sure we were reading this into the record right now to know who is at this camp in Nashville. I got
1: Javante Green. No, and I'm sad. I, I don't know. know.
0: There's no Javante the going
1: on with him. My jersey is going to look so cool. <laughs> I have it. I have it here on campus with me. I, I think it's. I at some point, not this weekend, because I'm I'm coming home for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, First time since august which i'm kind of excited for although i'm gonna miss the weekend environment here but uh, uh, maybe the the uh this well i'll just say super saturday i won't say uh mm-hmm. d-a-r-t-y but well i i might pull the javante green jersey out of the closet for the first time so i i I don't know where he is. I don't know. You have to follow him somewhere.
0: I have to make a pilgrimage to Greece or wherever he goes to play. Yeah, Uh, Lonzo balls on the roster, but we know it's that. That's just for bookkeeping purposes. But technically, he is a rostered player on the Bulls. The there is owner Alp Bitim, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the Turkish forward man, six six two zero five. He'll wear number seventeen. Javon Carter. Alex Caruso, Tori Craig, Demar DeRozan, Iudissumu, and wearing number
1: 77, your guy Henry Drell. That number 77 is not promising. <laughs> nope. <laughs> except for Luca, except for Luca, but I I really like him. I think he's uh, he's got something there mm-hmm. uh, that I think he's got he's not the most athletic, but he does have traits. He's not a terrible athlete though. It's not like it's a weakness, right? His left hand is he's a decent facilitator and his left hand Mm -hmm. is really good. He's and only two hundred
0: and fifteen pounds, though, and and yeah, the one thing needs that
1: needs to gain, I would say, at yeah. least fifteen. Oh yeah, minimum. Minimum.
0: Yeah. In, in, in the functional strength of, of of just being able to hold your position, not get
1: pushed around. A guy who like does Patrick not- Williams, I want to see him. Patrick Williams on him in training camp, I, he would. Patrick would lean his shoulder into him. He would go flying. Yep. I mean, I, but I want to see Patrick do that as well. I want to see him have the motivation to be like. Get the hell out of my way. God, yep. That's all we need. Angry, Pat. Finish. You, like, you, finish. You, you gotta get mean. You gotta <laughs> get angry. Gotta get
0: angry. Uh, one guy who does not need to gain weight is uh, Andre Drummond, who's listed at 6'11", <laughs> two <laughs> 289. It's two? no. probably junior high. Uh, guard Max Heidegger out of UC Santa Barbara.
1: Thanks for the name. Okay. got Heidegger. it. Never going to forget that.
0: Damn it. I shouldn't have said anything. Uh Guard Quentin Jackson from Texas A&M. Carleek Jones. All right. Zach He's Levine. got another shot. Yeah, we'll see. see. Zach Levine. Yeah. Justin Lewis gets another mm-hmm. shot.
1: I like him. I, I, I kind of like him.
0: Julian Phillips, the rookie from Tennessee, who's probably going to take the Derek yeah. Jones Jr. spot. And defender, Adama Sanogo. Ugh. Why?
1: Uh, great okay he's better than kofi Coburn, but great college player wasn't he the tournament's most outstanding player this year at connecticut yep but he is not and i don't i don't think he's close to an nba player just just game wise athleticism wise great college player mm -hmm, but uh, he'll be an overseas guy I, 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 he might be too slow to play in the G League because that league is fast. Uh-huh. We, we went to that game, but it's just up and down, running threes, transition steals. Bah, so that's not, not
0: gonna work here anymore. Uh, 6'5, Terry Taylor is listed as a forward, an undersized forward at six five,
1: Replacement 230
0: maybe. Dalen Terry, Nikola Vucevic. Kobe White and Patrick Williams. That rounds out your Chicago Bulls training camp roster.
1: Night. Okay. 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 I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I I feel like it'll be it won't be 2021, but I think it'll be a little bit better than last year. I I think we can because we came into the season with a, with some expectation to perform just because of the first half of the of the first season with the quote-unquote core I think they came into last season with some expectations to perform and they really didn't do a great job of that so I think if they I think if they win a few more games in last season and maybe instead of the 10 seed they're the seven seed or eight seed oh god like, yeah,
0: start looking at that East right now. It's
1: yeah, have fun with. Okay, so all right, yeah, let's look at that for a second. Well, I, I Milwaukee and Boston, I think, are the top two teams without question. Yep, I think I my pick for MV, MVP this year is Jason Tatum. I think everything's just lining up for that. Either Tatum or Luca, I would say one of those two guys. Philly. Miami made the finals last year, so they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're up there. So that's already one, two, three, four teams, right? Then you got Cleveland, who I—they're better than the Bulls, easily. Um, I'm not yet, but I'm going to be concerned about Detroit in about a year, I could, just because what they're doing, Monty Williams. So.
0: Yeah. Not yet, though. I don't think Detroit's quite armed itself yet. Cleveland is also formidable. That, that front line remains a, a, a group that if it really starts to feel it, and they got their point guard back. So this is yeah, – Cle- Cleveland's considerably better. This is there, – there's there's a there's a hill to climb here. And I know how much you like Brooklyn. The Knicks? I mean, Brunson's not getting They're any
1: fun. worse. Oh, I should have said the Knicks. Knicks are good. Mm-hmm. Eh, Nets are meh. The I Cowboys you like them though. Good. You like them. I like them, but I, I don't they're not ready to compete. I think the Nets and Bulls are at a similar position. Nets are probably slightly better just because they're younger, but I I think they're similar when it comes to just end of season result. I, I, I think I think they're on par with each other.
0: This has brought us to the OWC college showdown. And it has music, if I remember correctly. And this is when... Oh, God. Went to college. I don't claim that, but I do claim to remember where some guys did. So Jason digs back in the archives of vintage NBA players to quiz me. I'm going to start you out, okay. Mr. Man, with Orlando guard Anthony Black
1: he oh, was first round. He was like the sixth overall pick, Arkansas. He's not a summer league guy. I didn't say he was. Good player. How about, how about
0: Pelicans forward Najee Marshall? Oh.
1: Damn it! He did not go to damn it. I feel like you gave me this at one point and I forgot. Well, then that. that's doubly bad. Oh yeah. I'm thinking like. Two, two schools. I'm either thinking Auburn or Colorado State. And I'll say Colorado State.
0: They're both wrong.
1: Xavier. Oh, Jesus. Okay.
0: Yes. Wrong. And wow. All right. And lastly, Oklahoma City forward and rock and roller, Jack White. Oh, Duke,
1: right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I, we had a thing about him. we we saw we go we go that guy's a white WWE. Yes. Yes. we looked at his last name and just says
0: white. Yes, he's that is an acronym if there ever was one. <laughs> Who are you? I'm a Duke White.
1: <laughs> yep, yes you are, sir. I thought you were gonna say because Mike Muscala was on the Thunder last year. He's on the Oh, Wizards I'm not gonna now. give you. I'm not gonna give you. Yeah, that was that. Just, that just, would be uh, too easy. Meanwhile,
0: did he uh, just go into the Bucknell Sports Hall of Fame? Yes, like
1: this year. Why? I were don't you know. For?
0: Have, <laughs> you've not been the Bucknell He's Sports by Hall of Fame a mile.
1: Yet. The best basketball player to ever come out of this school and uh, a good NBA player.
0: Yeah, but like, what kind of oversight was that? Like, maybe we should re- look at this Muscala guy's candidacy again. Like, who who the entire
1: campus has stories about about him working his butt off all yes. the time whenever when everyone else was probably just at super he was he was a good <laughs> he was a, i've seen plenty of basketball players at Superman they're they're i think mom like, is still I, there huh
0: I think mom is still at super
1: oh yeah <laughs> yeah she had fun last week <laughs> I think
0: she's. I
1: think she's doing. No, she was. She. I think she. I. I I think she almost needed to go to a college thing, college function again. It was fun. Yeah. Well, but she actually enjoyed it. You didn't really do anything to enjoy yourself. She. She she was excited to be in college again for a couple hours. No, that was was fun. fun. Too bad the weather was crappy, but that was fine. All right. Too bad I woke up at seven fifteen in the morning yesterday uh, after being. After going to bed at two thirty just to get my game canceled in Millersville.
0: Yeah, I mentioned it to Kevin Lapka here. He said that's that the most sucks. club. He said that's the most club baseball thing I've ever heard. You drive two hours and the ump
1: doesn't show up. Damn it! All um, right, give me give me my guys. All right, here we go. Let me pull them up. First, we have former Bucks wing Ricky Pierce.
0: You've done this before.
1: I have. I checked my list. I don't think he was there. I think, yeah, he went to Rice. He did go to Rice. Did I do this before? I
0: think. I think maybe like the second episode is the only reason I, but I remembered it. I remembered. Let it. me see. You can't I, spell I Pierce. I did it. You can't spell Pierce without the letters in Rice.
1: That's how I remembered it. Oh, I did it. This, this fifth or sixth episode, so but probably I, but near. But wow. wow so that was nearly it. a year ago. If you think yep. about it. Yep. All right. I got it. Next, we have former Nuggets forward, Reggie Williams. Georgetown. Damn. Okay. And last but not least, we have former Lakers guard and winning time fan. I don't know if he was a fan favorite or whatever. Stormin' Norm Nixon. Oh,
0: shoot. Norm Nixon's
1: college Mm-hmm. I
0: thought I thought it was going to be Kurt Rambis, and I, I don't know that I no, know that. Either. No,
1: no, no, two underground. They're Mark That's Lansberger. a little too
0: <laughs> norm
1: Dumb, Wasn't Landsberg the guy that Terry said was dumber than a horse? Yep, yep.
0: That that's what he said. Because he, he covered horse racing and the NBA, and he said Mark Landsberger was not as smart as some of the horses he covered. I'm um, <laughs> just passing it along. Norm Nixon. Norm Nixon. He went to. Mm, 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 He played at Arizona.
1: No, he did not. He went play? to an A-10 school, or a current A-10 school. Temple? No. St. Bonaventure? Uh, Tem- no. I think Temple, is Temple in A-10? I, they were- I don't know, but <laughs> I'll just say, uh, that was four. Ow. I'll, I'll say this. I don't think you'll get it, but it was Bryce, Le- LeBron's middle child, Bryce James's first college offer. I think he might have even got before Bronny got an offer. I don't know if that's true I have no or not. Idea. He got no Duquesne. Idea.
0: Oh, I've called games from their gym. Because that's where the that's where the Pittsburgh
1: Piranhas played in the CBA. I don't know too much about them, but I just remember when they were playing Loyola Chicago last season, there was a DoorDash delivery guy that just walked onto the court with a bag of McDonald's. Yes,
0: that was, that was the Duquesne yeah. game. Yeah. Right. Very good. All right, well, that's going to do it for episode 41 of Organizations Win oh Championship. Boy, here we so go. Like it, subscribe to it, download it, rate it, review it, and for an extra special treat, while listening to it, place the phone in the front of your pants. It's just a. It's a multi. I thought, I thought you were gonna say inside the back. It's a multi-sensory. Well, I'm not. However, you want to live. It just. It makes it. It makes it, it, makes it a multi-sensory experience that is unparalleled. So we've got training camp. 8D starting. audio. We're gonna have. We're gonna have some uh, actual basketball <laughs> action coming. Some preseason stuff. So it's gonna to start to get uh, a whole lot of fun as we get closer. Kind of like you-
1: the game right. what i'm gonna do my best to keep up with it I, i'm i'm going to Better. watch the game oh weekdays i'll just say are gonna be a lot easier in weekends so no just uh, i'll take good out. notes then you remember right if and if i i'll set reminders on my phone and if i if i need to uh watch the youtube recap which i will assume is the case for every friday and saturday game i'll have to do that so get your damn homework done